I should not be recording this episode when I am recording it. This past week was the General Synod of the United Church of Christ. General Synod is the big national gathering that is held by my denomination every two years, currently every two years, but actually one of the business items during this gathering was to vote whether or not to move that to having it every three years, which they did, so that'll start in 2028. But that's beside the point. So General Synod was this past week. It started on June 30th, and the last day was July 4th. So when this episode is released, that would have been this past Tuesday. Now, of course, me being on the national staff of the United Church of Christ, that meant that I had to be there early to help set up, to to organize along with the rest of my team and my co-workers to make things ready for the just over 2,000 people who were planning to attend this gathering. And so I showed up, I drove out there, I be living in Northeast Ohio. This was held in Indianapolis. I don't think I've said that yet. So this was held in Indianapolis. I live in the Akron area. And so without stops, it's about a four and a half hour drive from where I am to Indianapolis. And of course, it took a little bit longer because I did stop a couple of times. But all in all, there are far worse drives, far longer drives that I have made, certainly, in my lifetime. And, And so... I I drove out there, I did what I had to do to set up on the 29th, Synod was held the 30th through the 4th, and then my travel day to drive back was on Wednesday, July 5th, and and again, it, it, it was projected to be about four and a half hours. And, of course, with a couple stops, it it ended up being longer. So I got home. It it was a full five days, really a full six days of, of responsibilities, of walking from one thing to another, supporting things, holding and hosting the events that I was in charge of during this event, and then there was the drive home on the 5th, which I completed earlier today, and now I am sitting down to record this episode. This is why I say I should not be doing this right now. Because 
I am tired. I'm physically very tired. And yet, there, the, the very first day that I was in Indianapolis, I thought, you know, what I am experiencing on this first day could be a fairly interesting podcast episode. And I've had that thought at least once a day, every day that I was there, thinking, well, th this still seems interesting to me. This, this still seems like something that, that could be worth talking about. It, could, it seems like a, a story that is worth telling. And so, listeners, I decided that before the memory fades too much, for me to feel like I have an adequate grasp on the story that I want to tell, I figured I had better go ahead and sit down and hit record before too much longer. So, again, fully recognizing, fully owning that I probably really could have waited until I got a nice full night's sleep where I had been caught up, gotten caught up on that a little bit. No, no. Instead, here I am recording because I want to make sure that I get this story as accurate as I can. And so, here we go. Welcome to the Coffeehouse Contemplative Podcast. Let me first say that one of the things that I look forward to most about attending General Synod, and there are a lot of things that I look forward to about attending these denominational events. I, I look forward to reconnecting with friends and colleagues who live all around the country and these are one of the few opportunities for me to connect with them in person. So that is always a joy. The, the, the event itself, such as worship, worship is usually pretty good. The preachers are almost always top-notch and, and speak powerful words. To all those who are gathered, I, I love the exhibit hall. I love connecting as many pens, collecting as many pens as I possibly can. And I've been known to pick up at least a couple of books and maybe some shirts in that space as well. 
And of course, this part, this particular time, I was looking forward to being. It would be my first in person as a part of the UCC national staff. I, I was part of the. We did have a synod in in the year 2021, but the the decision had been made fairly early after I started that it would be a fully online synod. So I I don't think that counts. There there were certainly things that I had to do during that event, but this would be my first time experiencing it and being a part of it in person as national staff. So so I was looking forward to that experience even though I knew that it would be a a fairly busy time for me, which it was. But the the other thing that I look forward to about Synod is just experiencing the city, experiencing whatever city is hosting it. And outside of the year that it was held in Cleveland, which was a fairly recent one, this, this, every, every city that it has been held in that I have gone to has always been a, a pretty, one, one that I have, cities that I have never visited before. And I take that back, Atlanta, the year that it was held in Atlanta in 2005. I had also been to Atlanta one time previously, but other than that, other than that, it's always been in a, in a city that has been new to me. So my very first one, Kansas City, the one and only time I have ever visited Kansas City. It'll be back there in, for the next one. Grand Rapids, Michigan. Weird that I have never been to Grand Rapids, Michigan before. Uh, Baltimore. Milwaukee, these cities, and now we can add to that list Indianapolis as a city to which I have never been playing host to General Synod. So I was looking forward to experiencing the city as part of this time. Little did I know that I would get a pretty robust experience of this host city my very first day there. As I mentioned, I drove. It's not every synod where I am able, that that is close enough where I am able to drive to the synod. Some, sometimes I, I've had to fly because it's just too far that it doesn't make sense for me to drive. I'm not going to drive to Atlanta when it's held in two years. I'm not driving to Kansas City. So, so that, that, that was, that was something. And thankfully, arrangements had been made in the justice for justice and local church ministries staff that that being the larger department that I am a part of at the national setting some arrangements had been made for us to park for free 
in a local Indianapolis UCC church's parking lot. I thought that's very nice. It, it would it would save me quite a bit of money. There there was parking close to my hotel and close to the convention center, but it it would really the bill for five or six nights of parking at these closer places would rack up quite the bill by the time I would have to reckon with it. And so how nice that this church had agreed to let staff park in their parking lot. And so I, I made it to Indianapolis, very easy drive, very flat, very uneventful. And, and I, I did go ahead and I, I found some temporary parking so that I could get out my suitcase and my other items and, and check in and take all this stuff up to my room. And then I thought, okay, I've, I've done this. And now it is time for me to find this church and I can park there for the next week or so. And, and so I got in the car and, and I pulled up the map app on my phone and I plugged in the address for this church. And at first, okay, th this, this should be fine. And so I pull out of my temporary parking situation, and I begin to follow the directions on my phone. And I'm driving. And I'm driving. And I'm still driving. And this church is still a bit of a ways away. And I'm starting to wonder. I'm starting to rethink the arrangement, and I'm starting to rethink my general choice of, of wanting to do things this way. And finally, I find the church. It is an, a mile and a half away from my hotel, which on paper I thought, well, okay, that, that, that's not too bad. It, it takes according to my map on my phone, uh, between 30 and 40 minutes to walk this distance. And so I'm wondering, again, what, what am I doing? Should I be doing this? Should I be leaving my car this far away from where I'm staying, I'm starting to wonder, is it going to be okay out here? It, it was kind of a, it was a very open parking lot situation and and I you know there would be just be this line of cars left there for a week and I didn't know I I thought to ask but never did would there would someone from the church be checking in on them making sure that that they would be okay, and if not, would they communicate with somebody? If if that wasn't the case, I I, I would hope so. And and so I actually even called my wife. I was like, okay, here here's what's happening. Here's the parking situation. 
what do you think about me going ahead and and sucking up the massive bill that parking more closely and in a more secure type of situation what what do you think about that and she very quickly reacted to the price tag that this would bring and and even as we were continuing to talk about it i i got out of the car and i locked my doors and i started walking and i told her that very you know, she's i said you know what never mind i'm walking i'm walking as we speak right now and the very first thing about this walk is that the church is just on the other side of a bridge over one of the major highways that goes through Indianapolis. I am not that big of a fan of walking over such bridges. I, I confess that. It's not like a huge thing. It's not like a crippling thing for me, but it's an uncomfortable thing for me. And so this is how we started our walk from the church back toward the hotel was I got to walk over this highway bridge. This highway had at least six lanes across, maybe even more. And, and it felt like with every step, the bridge just wasn't getting any shorter. Of course, it really was. But to, in my mind, in, in that moment, the irrational side of my brain was not totally computing that fact. So that's how my walk started. And of course, I'm thinking, oh boy, I wonder what else is in store for me. So I finally hang up with my wife, not before she tells me, please be careful. Please call or text me as soon as you get back. I have to also mention that the sun is starting to go down. At this point, you know, a mile and a half walk, 40 minutes, give or take, walk back. And it is already, I don't know, close to 8 o'clock at night, dusk, or the, what's the, the fancy word, the gloaming hour is setting in. And I had to walk over this bridge. And then I keep walking, and the map is telling me, softly telling me directions from my back pocket because I don't want it to seem too obvious that I don't know what I am doing. And so I continue to walk. One of the first interesting things that I see, I, I, the, the other thing I love about going through unfamiliar cities is not all of the new local restaurants and, and the landmarks, but I also like keeping an eye out just for random weird stuff. And the first random thing that I see is there's a huge sign in the window of an office building. It's just four huge blue letters that says, Live. And I think, yes, I agree. That is my hope and my plan as I am walking along. So I continue to walk. 
and eventually not so I have gone over a bridge now I get to walk under a bridge and and this is my next hesitation like what uh, what 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 happens under this bridge is this a popular bridge under which things happen or things could happen and and my my wife said you know she says please be careful please watch your surroundings and one of my one of my half serious half not answers to her was well i'm a red belt and so i'm walking under this bridge mustering all of of my my red belt confidence hoping that I will not have to employ any of the knowledge gained by those experiences. And truthfully, I did not. There, there, was, there was nobody hanging out under that bridge. There was nothing sus going on under that bridge. There was a little bit of graffiti. And other than that, there, there was... There was nothing. So I continue to walk. The next unusual thing that I encounter is I hear this music and I can't figure out where it's coming from. And along with this music come the, the delighted and most likely inebriated screams or shrieks or yells of pleasure by a group of probably early 20-something people. So this music and the, these, these, these loud human noises, I'm looking around, where is this coming from? Why does it sound like it's getting closer? It turns out that it's a bunch of people on this cart. And the cart is, is in the street, and it, it's kind of a, it, it was like a party bus sort of situation, except it was a guy pedaling them, like on a bike. And it would be pointed out to me later that actually they were all supposed to be pedaling, which hopefully they were. Hopefully they weren't just making this one poor guy do all of this, but... Yeah, like a like a party bus sort of thing where there there was music and it looked it seemed pretty apparent that there were drinks involved and they were pedaling through downtown Indianapolis. At like a party bike, a party, I don't know how to describe it. That 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 was such an interesting and strange sort of thing. And, and I couldn't help myself. I took a picture. I don't think any of them cared. I don't even know if any of them noticed me taking a picture. But this was something that really had to be documented for posterity. So, so that, that was the next interesting thing. And, and I, I continue to walk. Now I'm getting into downtown. And the sun continues to set and I'm continuing to listen 
for the electronic voice in my pocket telling me what to do next. But my problem at this point is that there's more stuff to look at. I'm becoming more and more distracted by my surroundings. So as I'm walking, starting to walk into the the larger, more bustling downtown area, I see a gigantic mural of an older woman on the side of a building. And it's, I, I don't think it was on the route that the phone wanted me to take, but I was drawn over to this mural. And so I walked over a few blocks, not a few blocks, but a few extra intersections in order to get a better view of this. And I would later find out, I would later look it up, this was a large building-sized rendition of someone named Eva Moses Kor, who was a Holocaust survivor and was apparently a Grand Marshal at some point in the recent past for an Indianapolis event. And and I read up more about these, and there are more. Kurt Vonnegut is on the side of a building. That's the one I really wanted to see, but I never had time to, to do it, to look for him. So, so that's the next thing. I get to so distracted by this gigantic woman on the side of a building that I leave my route. And little did I know that this would this would throw my walking into chaos as I get off the route that the map wants me to take. But I persist. So I continue to walk in the general direction that I think I am supposed to be walking. So I'm continuing to walk through downtown. And again, I'm doing my best. The phone is not happy with me. I kind of don't care at this point because I'm just decided I'm going to be so fascinated by my surroundings. And so the I I'm starting to cross the street at another intersection and I happen to look to my left and there is this absolute humongous monument that at this point in the day is of course all lit up and it's there's a huge roundabout that goes around it. I again I had to look this up later. This is the monument in the center of Indianapolis called the Soldiers and Sailors Monument. I didn't know that at the time, but immediately I'm like, well, I I obviously have to walk toward this thing now because it is so impressive. And so I do. And at first I'm just walking in the road because I just decided that this is okay for some reason. And then a car starts approaching. I'm like, you know, this, this is not actually not okay. So I move to the sidewalk, but I'm still approaching this monument because I have to get a picture. This is obviously one of the Indianapolis things that, that I have to get a picture of. And so I enter the, the circle monument circle, as I now know it is called. 
and I start to look at it, and it is absolutely humongous. There are people on the steps of this thing, and they are so incredibly tiny compared to the monument. And I'm continuing to make my way around. I'm, I'm half looking at that and half trying to pay attention to what the phone is telling me. But all of that uh, is, is rendered moot as this huge booming voice over the loudspeakers says, The show will begin in ten minutes. And that's when I noticed that there are a bunch of people hanging around, looking at the monument, apparently waiting for whatever the show is. And I am half tempted to wait to see the show. But I decide, no, I still owe my wife a, a text message of safety. And, and I've got to keep going, so I'm going to miss the show. And so I continue to walk toward my destination, I hope. Now, by this point, I, I'm, I'm starting to decide, okay, it's time to get serious. It's time to stop these little detours that I have been taking. And, and it's time to, because it's only getting darker. And I really, of course, with this being an unfamiliar city, I don't know what's in store when the sun is completely down. And so I continue to, I'm paying more attention to the phone at this point. I'm paying more attention to my surroundings. I see other fun things. I see, I see multicolored rainbow colored strips that are lining the walls of some refurbished apartments. And I, I see messages that are arranged on chain link fences. And I'm paying attention to messages engraved into sidewalks that or, or crosswalks that are also lined with bricks rather than just painted on the concrete. And I, I'm hoping that at some point later on in my time, I can revisit some of these things, look at them more closely, go off and find Kurt Vonnegut, maybe go back to the monument at some other evening to watch the show. But finally I make it to my hotel. And sadly, I will not be able to find Mr. Vonnegut. I never make it back to watch the show. I don't see any other gigantic murals of people on the side of buildings because I will be so focused on what I need to do as part of the General Synod event. I do eventually sample some excellent restaurants. I see lots of people 
I interact with them. I hear some good public music. Some There are buskers whom I will encounter eventually. But this walk through Indianapolis, this is one of the things that I love to do in unfamiliar places. That is, just to just to pay attention. Not, not necessarily to, to, to find all of the things to find. Not necessarily to see all of the most popular places, although I did see at least one of those. But instead, just to notice the things that maybe aren't noticed as much. That the, the things that that are strange, but you can appreciate that strangeness if you know how to pay attention and how to look for it. Because that strangeness is is can be so unique that if you're able to see it, you'll be able to see something that everyone else is too busy to pay attention to. And so, as long and as irritating and as tiring as this walk from the church back to my hotel was, or at least seemed when I started, it did also allow me time to notice the strangeness, to happen upon things that I wouldn't have happened upon otherwise. So I am glad for my walk through Indianapolis. I'm glad that I was able to notice some of these things. And I look forward to the next opportunity to notice the strangeness, whether, whether it's in my own town or whether I do get to go back to see the show, to go and see Kurt Vonnegut and whatever else is there. Because making it a point to pay attention to stuff like that can yield so many unexpected twists and turns and so many rewards. Thank you for listening to the Coffee House Contemplative Podcast. I'm Jeff Nelson. You can find more about my writing, including all my books, at jeffreynelson.com. You can also find me on social media, Jeffrey A. Nelson on Facebook, and I'm at Bold Roast Rev on both Twitter and Instagram. Have a great week.